Hello, beautiful. How are you? And how are you taking care of yourself today? This is Heidi Esther. I am a Joyful Purpose mentor, author, mama, speaker, all that good stuff. And I am here to guide you if you identify yourself as maybe like a people pleaser or somebody who has a lot of guilt or regrets in your life to get rid of those through practical, playful, and mindful tools, and to step into what joy, love, and purpose are for you. Yep, living life, a joyful life full of purpose on your own terms. Doesn't that sound good? I know, sometimes I feel like, you know, I'm just kind of like a candle in the wind, not to get too Elton Johnny. Um but just kind of getting blown around everywhere. And then I go back to my tools and back into joy. So I am so excited to be sharing with you today on for this workshop called When Life Sucks. Now, when life sucks, what can you do? Well, there's actually some things you can do. And uh, just as a disclaimer, I do have two dogs here. I did walk them. I ran them around, they ate, and now one of them is still chewing her chewy bone and the other one has given up and he is in the bed right behind me. I'm going to go cover him up so he gets a little nap. All right, buddy. Ugh. Okay. So if you are here, I would love to know. Oh, I don't even see myself on, on my feed here. Um, that is because I am not in the group. Okay, let's add myself here to my group. There we go, safe. All right, I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm sure going to try it. All right, so I am going to start out with a story. Yes, you are seeing me in my reading specs. I'm going to start with a story, and then we're going to talk about four practical, playful, and powerful tools that you can use. You don't have to be chained to your journal. Four practical, playful, mindful tools that you can use to get out of the life sucks mode. All right. Here is my story. I sat there on the curb outside of my work. It was the day before spring break. It was actually a pretty beautiful day. It was also the first day of my honeymoon. But I didn't have a glorious loving feeling because sitting next to me on the curb were most most all of my belongings from my office sitting in a box. My mind, <clears throat> excuse me, my mind was swirling with thoughts like, why didn't I just choose to drive to work today? Why is this happening to me? Why is everybody else, you know, why do they get to be so happy? I'm doing a good job too. This doesn't make any sense. I feel like I was holding back a dam full of tears. 
because, well, pride, but two, out of the side of my eye, I could see all of my other soon-to-be former co-workers inside laughing and eating lunch. And honey, it wasn't over that day because I still had to show up for the next two months like the girl wearing the scarlet letter. I know. I spent the next week trying my best to enjoy my honeymoon. I was on this glorious southeastern Georgia island with a beautiful, almost white sand beach. That's how I spent my days. But my nights were a totally different story. My nights were not honeymoonish. I sat up writing and crying out the many ways that I didn't belong anymore to the team of people I thought I was part of. And I wrote out so many things about how I sucked. So, all right. That is my story. So let's hop in. And so we're going to use this story and I'm going to kind of go walk you through all the different steps that I went through to get myself from that place uh, to a place back of feeling like life didn't suck and life was not out to get me. All right. Step one, I call it hold, hold the wine. So Compassion. Compassion is an absolutely great tool. We can get stuck by replaying events over and over to ourselves, to our spouses, to our friends. And we're not, it's like we're not looking for compassion. We're just looking for people to validate that things suck and they can't get better. So, compassion great tool, self-care, great tool, take care of yourself, but hold the wine. Wine, also great, you know, in moderation. I have a glass. I try to have a glass every day. I definitely did that in the pandemic. Um, But yeah, so, and if you are here live, I would love to know. I see someone here live. Hello, Stephanie. Yes. Yes. That is, um, Stephanie says I replay past hurts a lot in my mind and it feels like a prison sometimes. Don't we all do that? That regret that I feel like regret is like guilt, but it's been seasoned like a really bad wine. It just keeps going, getting worse and worse with age and it gets heavier and heavier to carry around. Amen. Amen to you, Stephanie. Yes. And so part of these tools can also can help you reframe those regrets as well. I am going to do a whole workshop on regret and how to uh, make peace with it. Um, Thank you. Thank you for that, Stephanie. I am so with you. So with you on there. All right. So I am going to move on. So The next few exercises are going to help you reframe what you are thinking and feeling so that it puts you back in the driver's seat and gives you a sense of feeling more hope and more in control of what is going on in your life instead of being that candle in the wind. Or as I often like to think of it, I am the plastic bag blowing around 
the shopping center polluting the environment just going everywhere. All right. I call it the post-it note exercise. Okay. So a lot of the times, at least when, when we get in a place where things suck, we start labeling ourselves unconsciously. And so self-awareness is a powerful tool. It'll help you become more aware of what you're thinking and maybe um, like what you could have done better. So it'll help you reframe that. Okay. So the steps are first, find your label. I call it find the label. Like this is the self-awareness part. Because I am such a blank, I don't feel able to blank. Another one you could use is, why do I have to be such a blank? If I wasn't, I'd be able to blank. Or this one is very self-defeating, and I used it all the time. I was made to be blank, and there's nothing I can do about it. So that like completely gives up all the control you have over your situation. Okay, so... The first part of all those sentences is the label that you're giving yourself. So you're like branding yourself with this label and there's going to be no wiggle room. And then the inside of you is going to be whining about that. And you're not going to feel at all empowered to do anything. So this is how I filled in those sentences for the situation of when I got fired the first time. Because I am such a people pleaser. I don't feel good about myself unless other people are happy with me. I know all parts of that sentence are just red flags. The next sentence, why do I have to be be such an idiot about office politics? If I wasn't, I'd be able to keep my job. Okay. The third sentence was, I was made to just be, you know, at crappy dead-end jobs. And there's nothing I can do about it. So as you fill in those sentences, so the first is because I'm such a blank, I don't feel able to blank. Or second sentence, why do I have to be such a blank? If I wasn't, I would be able to do this. Third one, I was made to be blank. There's nothing I can do about it. So identify the labels that you are giving yourself. So this is the lens you are looking at life through right now. And so the important thing is to see how they make you feel when you say those sentences. Do you feel positive and like more like expansive? Like, oh, I feel great. I feel like I have a lion mane on. Or does it make you feel like you want to like run away and uh, go off grid and hide and, you know, dig for snails to eat? So how does it make you feel? So If they make you feel expansive, then there is nothing wrong with those labels that you're giving yourself. So, like I could have said, because I'm such a, um, why do I have to be so brave? If I wasn't, I would have to compromise my value all the time. See, why do I have to be so brave? See, that's a great, that's a great label, being brave. But instead I said, why have to be such an idiot about office politics? So. All right. So the step three is is making it a post-it. So 
life is constantly changing and flowing around us. And we give ourselves different labels at different times. But the goal to not get caught up like that candle in the wind is to just make it into more of a post-it and less of a brand. So there's two different things you can do with the labels once you figure out what you're talking to yourself about. You can, one, be like frozen and let it go. I know a lot of people, they like put them on pieces of paper and then they burn them. And that's really uh, a really good one um, for letting letting go of of all of that heaviness of that label that is not serving you at all. The second is something that I like. So sometimes a label, you're not going to, you can't get rid of it. If you're a widow, you're going to be a widow. If you're going to be divorced, is divorced. So I like to combine it with something that's empowering and that's something that's uh, expansive. When I was going through divorced, I would say I'm divorced and happy. And those were the label the, the post-it note that I gave myself that empowered me. And of course, everything needs to be post-it note because it allows you the flexibility to change and grow. Um, if, if I had lost someone dear to me, I would say like, I'm grieving and grateful to have known this beautiful person. Um, and at some point I would be hope- hopefully be able to say like, I'm at peace and grateful to have known this wonderful person. Um, there was a battle inside of me when I started writing because I am an extrovert. And I'm like, what? what's that all about? And I'd just be like, I need to see people. No, I need to write. So all these like internal battles were going on. And so I decided to say, I am an extrovert and a writer. Like I'm introspective and ex- an extrovert. And when I started talking up to uh, talking and standing up for my truth and speaking up for myself, I would, I didn't want to like go into that mode of like, I just had another internal banner uh, battle. So I said I was kind and assertive. So I'm, I'm asserting my boundaries and my right to speak up for myself. And I'm also going to be kind about it. Yeah. And when I got, um, when I finally figured out like what balance meant for me, like I'm a mommy, I'm a joyful, so grateful mommy, but also I am my own top priority. So those are ands. Ands are so incredibly powerful. So here are my reframe sentences from when I got fired. I am a worthy and capable helper. What would be fundraiser. And I don't need anyone's approval. I am a kind, honest, and direct coworker. I try my best. So all these things, being worthy, capable, kind, honest, and direct, those are all in my boat. Those are all things that I can control. So um, please be cognizant of all of the different uh, post-it note labels that you give yourself because sometimes they're just not in your control. You can't say like, I make people do this, or I am so persuasive, I can you know, whatever. So make sure that they're still all within uh, your sphere of influence. Okay. So this is one of my funnest 
exercises that I like, and uh, we'll be debuting it in the Peeling Your Onion course, as well as a primer before we get the course started. It's called Practice Shoes. And we are going to start with another story. It is, um, so this exercise helps you skip the judgment entirely and kind of gets more into the juiciness of life. So it's really good when you start walking forward. It helps you reframe things before they become problems, before they become guilt, before they become regret, before they get mired in the super heaviness of things. So, um, and my family absolutely hates when we talk about things at the table and I that I start talking about this. Anyway, okay, the story is uh, a parable. It's an old Chinese parable of a man and a horse. Once there was a Chinese farmer who worked his poor farm together with his son and their horse. When the horse ran off one day, the neighbors came to say, how unfortunate. The farmer replied, maybe. When the horse returned, followed by a herd of wild horses, the neighbors gathered around exclaimed, what good luck. The farmer stayed calm and said, maybe. And while trying to tame one of the wild horses, the farmer's son fell and broke his leg, and he had to rest up and couldn't help with farm chores. How unfortunate, the neighbors cried. Maybe, said the farmer. Shortly thereafter, a neighboring army threatened the farmer's village. All the young men in the village were drafted to fight, and many died. But the farmer's son had been left out of the fighting because of his broken leg. People said to the farmer, what good news? Maybe, was all the farmer said. So, the moral of the story. Well, there's lots of morals. But primarily, you never know what is going to happen in life. You don't know that, you know, all of the different things that you're doing now, they might seem hard, like maybe trying to find a new job, or maybe something incredibly sad, like dealing with the loss of a loved one, or things that are downright just repetitive and mundane, like making dinner, bringing kids into all their activities, or changing diapers. So the only thing you can do is really accept where you're at. And that you are also on a path to somewhere else. So when there is something hard going on in my life, and I feel like what is the what is the point of me doing all this and all this? I mean, we may not know, right? Just like the farmer and his story. We don't know what is going to happen because of what and because of what. So what can we do to reframe, you know, our approach? We could say, all right, what could be my lesson here? What could be my lesson in trying to find a new job? Maybe I need practice in speaking up for all of my abilities. Uh, maybe I need to be more comfortable with making new friends. Also, another question could be, so what could be my lesson here? Or what do I need to practice? So, that, so those two questions put you more in the driver's seat when, especially when things are hard and difficult. So what could the universe be telling me that I need to practice now? What could the universe, you know, be sharing me as a lesson now? 
Um, a lot of times on my entrepreneur journey, um, my lesson was I need to ask for support. I need to figure out ways so that people can help me so I didn't feel so alone or incredibly confused or discouraged about uh, the different, uh, the path that I was on. So, and by not just beating myself up, and I was like, all right, well, what's, what's my lesson here? I got all these things I need to do, and, and I have no idea how to do them. What, what could the universe be telling me to do? Okay, maybe I do need to ask for help. Where are some people that I can ask? You know, who would, who might know the answer? Who might know someone who might know the answer? Sometimes the lesson is something um, incredibly simple yet profound, like, oh, the universe doesn't want me to beat myself up all the time about wasting my life when I change diapers. And instead, it, the universe wants me to learn to enjoy my present moment with my beautiful infant and um, just enjoy them and their first smiles and their first words. Yeah. All right. So the big exercise here is your practice shoes. So right, a lot of times we label everything as good and bad, good and bad. This food was good. This food was bad. This movie was good. This movie was bad. So I want you to practice chucking those words out of your vocabulary. They are no longer helpful. The things that are more helpful to you is to get a little more descriptive and to put yourself in the driver's seat that everything is practiced for something else. Everything you're doing is practice for something else you're going to need in the future, period. So, all right. And so the exercise would be you could take out a piece of paper and draw yourself or go on the internet and find a pair of shoes that you think are completely awesome and color them in and write on them. These are my practice shoes. They are not good or bad, but they help me know that I never know where I'm going to go, but I'm going to view everything as practice. Everything has a lesson for me. So then you get rid of your self-judgment of good and bad as well. So you don't judge what happens to you. You don't judge yourself. It's kind of a win-win and you have a cute little graphic up with some awesome shoes. Mine are hiking boots, by the way, um, that you can use to remind yourself that everything is practice. And if you want to do, not do the coloring exercise, what you can start to do is say, oh, that movie wasn't good or bad. Let me see. Let's get more specific and descriptive. Like, let's see, a movie. Okay. So I watched a movie not too long ago about slavery. So instead of saying, like, that was a good movie or that was a bad movie, this is what I, this is what I thought. This movie helped me see the horrifying nature and constriction of slavery more clearly, more than any other movie. And it also reminded me that as a highly sensitive person, I always need to have a pillow in front of me to cover my eyes so that I don't have nightmares for the next month. So, um, so even a movie can have lessons, right? So it's like I was practicing watching a movie and I was practicing being compassionate to myself about the fact that I was a highly sensitive person. You can be compassionate to yourself, like say you're lactose intolerant for um, refusing to eat and drink certain things that are offered to you because that's, you know, how you take care of yourself. Like milk isn't good or bad. It's just not, not for you. It's not helpful for you. 
All right. Okay. So if you are watching the replay, I would absolutely love to know uh, what you're thinking. If you like the hold the wine compassion exercise, what you are thinking, um, if you try that and the post-it note exercise, um, if you try going through and maybe doing some self-reflection and the practice shoes exercise, um, how to walk through life um, without all that judginess. All right. So the last exercise is called, I call it serenity now, um, because it's based off of a 12-step thing called the serenity prayer. So let's be honest. Sometimes we're just so infuriated about like what happened or is happening or so overwhelmed. We can't put on our practice shoes and we can't do the post-it label exercise. And so here is an exercise that you can do to kind of um, look at what happened in a, from a different perspective. It's about looking at your expectations. So if you have some deep-seated expectations that aren't yet to the forefront in, in your brain, uh, this helps bring them out so that you can say, um, so you can learn to handle them. So the first thing I do is I find a quiet place to sit that kind of uh, fills me. I, I usually use uh, rain um, because uh, the sound of water soothes me. You can also sit next to a tree outside in your you know, favorite chair in bed and take a couple deep uh, cleansing breaths. Uh, you can also use box breaths. So it's like four breaths in, four breaths out, four breaths in, and four breaths out. So... And you can kind of do a couple of those to, to center yourself and to quiet your mind. You can also do meditation if you'd like. So this is the serenity prayer. Yes, 12-step thing. I learned it in my Codependence Anonymous 12-step program. Here it is. God, or whatever higher power you believe in, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I feel like that really sums up the exercise. Okay. So this would be the journaling prompt that I go through when I can't work through any of the other steps aren't working. So I write down what am I expecting to happen? And like, what did I expect to happen that didn't happen? Was it you know, what, so what were you expecting versus what actually happened? Okay. And so the next question is kind of the power question. What can you control out of this situation? Sometimes things are in our control. Like I can switch websites or I can maintain a positive uh, optimistic approach to finding a different way forward. Um, so what can you control? You can't hint, you can't control other people, what they're, they say and do. You can't control when the internet tries to put on special new, uh, regulations on your primary social media channel. You can't control what's going on in the government or in other countries. So, so, all right, so now it's time to make peace with what 
now what happened happened and you know, you're not going to be able to change that. But what you can do going forward is you can figure out what you can control and what is that your thoughts, your actions, and your feelings. Those are things you can control. So now is the time to release any expectations. Um, like my son got, um, um, last week he got a C on like his midterm grade. And instead of doing a death spiral, we talked about what, what can help him now? What steps can he do? Because he could have just said like, I'm a, he could have done like the labeling, right? He's like, I'm an idiot. I'm doing so bad in class. I'm a bad student, all that stuff. Instead, we talked about what he can control is he can control his study time. He can control his bedtime. He can control like his hydration and nutrition. He can control uh, how much exercise he gets. He can talk to his uh, teacher about extra credit. So shit happens. And sometimes life is really hard. And one of the, we are so good at making life harder on ourselves when it doesn't have to be. So reframing is so important because you have a beautiful, amazing soul, an amazing light and a gift for the world. And sometimes we put up these big bricks, brick walls in front of ourselves and saying, we can't do that. I can't do that because I'm an idiot or I can't do that because I'm always going to, you know, be fired from my job and I'm always going to be bad at this. And so by these reframes, we're able to take back what we can control. We can reach out for help. We can find mentors. We can let ourselves off the hook. We can realize what we can control and we can't control. We can stop labeling ourselves and giving ourselves that scarlet letter so that we can do what we were meant to do, which is shine. So the end of my story of the first time that I was fired, the story in the beginning. So over the next year, because of what happened of me being let go from that job, I started meditating. I find that is one of my single most powerful tools that I have used to cultivate so many different characteristics, including a vast Mother Teresa size pouch of patience. Um, I also read the most life-changing book of my life, Dad Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements. Truth, I also took, I think it was like a 12-week super intensive career course. It was my first real big course that looked at personal and professional development for me. And that course ultimately laid the foundation for what I'm doing right now. Did I think any of those things made a difference? No, but... I, I did them. I started letting myself off the hook. I stopped beating myself up. 
I was also in a 12-step program then, so I would have been doing the serenity prayer. So it's important. All this is important because, because of your light and how beautiful you are, and you are meant to shine, beautiful soul. So to end, I have two specially curated snowmen of affirmation affirmations to share with you. I use uh, both of these very regularly in my life. And they will help you when life sucks. Okay. Or you can reframe when life sucks to when life is not as helpful as we think it should be. All right. Everything is always working out for me. First affirmation. Second affirmation. This is what it looks like when everything is working out. Even though if you feel like a hot mess, this is what it looks like. There's always that messy middle part of the of the show, right? And then there's the makeover part and then there's the big reveal. So there's always the messy part. We're just in different messy parts for different parts of our lives at different times. This is what it looks like when everything is working out. All right. Let's see. If you have any questions, feel free to put them in the chat and I'll be absolutely happy to give you uh, a response as soon as possible. And I am going to try to have a whole printout um, of the exercises for this in the Peeling Your Onion experience, which starts May, oop, there it is, May 26th. The Peeling Your Onion experience starts then. And I will have sign-up information coming your way in May. All right. Beautiful. I hope you enjoyed this. Please let me know in the replay, in the chat. Wishing you love, light, and laughter. Until next time, I'm Heidi Esther. <laughs>